Welcome to Beef Sticks Podcast. The spooky, <laughs> scary Sentinel. <laughs> oh, Pacey, this is going to be the best Halloween ever, and it's horrible that COVID and Trump has ruined it. It's so great. We get COVID the same year we get a moon we don't get on Halloween for 72 years, you know? Yeah, it's like... we get a full moon on Halloween, Halloween's on a Saturday, plus we get an extra hour of Halloween because daylight savings time is tomorrow, is, is uh, Sunday. Yeah. So you get a full extra hour of All Hallows Eve. It's like, this was primed and ready to be the best Halloween ever. I'm telling you, conservative Christians are behind everything. Oh, we don't like conservatives or Christians, and the combination just makes me sick. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what makes me sick? What's that? Seeing somebody write their own bio. Oh, my God. Tell me about it, pasty. Uh, especially someone with as long and as storied of a career as Vince McMahon. And yes, news broke this week that WWE has reached a groundbreaking new deal with Netflix, partnering with them for a multi-part documentary on the life of Vince McMahon. This is said to be one of the highest budgeted documentaries in Netflix history. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Bill Simmons will executive produce. Chris Smith, who directed... Netflix's Firefest documentary will produce uh, the Vince Project along with WWE Studios. This documentary from WWE Studios and Netflix is not the Pandemonium biopic that has been rumored since 2017, which a- actor Bradley Cooper was expected to be part of at one point. It looks like that project has been canceled. And Bradley Vince is Cooper writing his own Vince. story. It's going to be great. <laughs> Oh, it's um. You know what's you know what probably is mundane, but really stands out to me in in this what you just read, Pacey. What you just read, the one thing that shouts out to me is that it's going to be on Netflix. So now think about this. So USA airs Raw, and um, don't they also air NXT? Yes, and and probably multiple other things. They're owned by NBC Universal, which owns Hulu. They also air SmackDown on Fox, which was the biggest deal ever on network television. And WWE has seemed to put all their eggs in the basket of making Fox happy and making SmackDown their number one brand as opposed to Raw. uh, Fox is owned by Disney, which runs Disney+. Plus. How did they get on Netflix <laughs> when their two biggest partners own the other two rival streaming services? Really, the only thing like, left is HBO Max. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, is is Vince, like, did he did he play this on purpose? Were they the only ones that would buy it? I mean, I just, not that it means anything, but you would just think there would be a little preferential treatment to one or the other. Especially Disney Plus, which is huge, the new thing, and and Fox seems to be who they're really, you know, massaging the the ball sack of. Yeah. Oh man, could you imagine the the Vince biopic on fucking Disney Plus? 
<laughs> he would be unstoppable at that point. He would probably become immortal and <laughs> take over the world of fiery laser beam eyes. So it was when Vincent Kennedy McMahon was five years old that he penciled Mickey Mouse for the first time. <laughs> Just writing Walt Disney out. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, this, I mean, this is cool. It was me, Disney. <laughs> it was me, Allah. Oh, that would be great. Um, uh, in all honesty, I am excited to see this. Yes, it's going to be super one-sided. But aren't all documentaries super one-sided, in all honesty? Or at least they're super to fairly one-sided. Am I right? Yeah. I will say I'm excited to see this just on the grounds that Vince is so horrible at putting together Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis. I'm really excited to see him recounting stories from his own life. Oh. Well, you know, and there's there's the uh, the... I don't know if it's very publicized. It was at one point, and then it seemed to drop off the face of the earth. But, you know, Vince really didn't have a good relationship with his mother. And, in fact, in in an interview with Playboy magazine in early 90s, maybe late 80s, but I want to say early 90s, he talked about how she, she sexually uh, abused him as a child. And it's like, are they going to, you know, I... I I don't see them bringing that up, which is kind of part of it that I want to see. Not that I want to see her sexually abuse her child, but that's a huge part of what framed his mind. Am well, I yeah, right? when you're you knowing about me? somebody's life, you have to know about the major events. And, yeah, that's something that would shape his entire being. I mean, look at you his think. interactions with his own daughter. You're like... Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a token JRR that we actually have in the can. I guess I'm going to spoil this for Pasty because Pasty hasn't heard this news yet either, folks. Um, we are postponing Token JRR until the next uh, year. I We actually have a few in the can, but we're going to build some up. We're going to go through them and see what we got. And we, we may or may not change the name because it's kind of amalgamated into more than just JR. It's a whole right. yeah. kind of deal. But um, there are a bunch in the can. There's a bunch sitting... We'll just change it to IHOP TJP because nobody knows what that means anymore. <laughs> right? We could. And we might. <laughs> it's been around since just the gonna, beginning of time. There's always so much going on at the end of the year between Pacey's and my personal life and then in wrestling that we're just not even going to deal with token JRs at this point. There's a bunch in the can. We're ready for them. And one of them actually is uh, Bruce Pritchard discussing um, Vince McMahon really getting into a skit about Stephanie McMahon making out with, I think it's Kurt Angle. So really getting into it. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's just one of those things that I just assume is going to be glossed over, but I don't know, you know, that Firefest documentary, I don't know who I'll watch that, but that was fire. No pun intended. Oh yeah. No, I watched the one on Netflix and the one on Hulu. <laughs> I did also. And, and I would agree that the one on Hulu was really the better of the two. Yeah. Yeah. By a long shot. Uh-huh. So it sucks that nobody with like tiger King is, is involved with this documentary. Cause then <laughs> we might get something interesting. That could be just, <laughs> well, you, you never know when old Karen Baskins is going to make an appearance. She might play Vince's mom abusing him. <laughs> Man, she, she got Baskin. booted off of dancing with the stars in a hurry. <laughs> was she on dancing with yeah, the stars? Yes, she was. Yeah, she oh. was. I, I feel think she bad danced enough. once and got voted out. I feel bad enough watching The Masked Singer. I don't think I could watch Dancing with yeah. the Stars. 
I mean, what were they thinking putting her putting her on anyway? Because what happens in three years when it does come out that she murdered her husband? You know what I mean? You, you put her on a pedestal. Yeah, well, they've. I think they've had worse. It, probably. <sighs> yeah, pasty. I think really what I think they need to do is I think they need to um, go over and find some folks over in Europe who are distinguished and proper and. Maybe maybe if you you went to England, you could get something good out of it. Hmm. That sounds like something we might discuss in this week in pro wrestling history. No way! All right, let me flip through my 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 history books here and find Your something history on Rolodex. England. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I got something here. Pasty happened. Nineteen ninety three World Championship Wrestling. Went across the pond to England, holding two events, both on October 30th. Yes, this is the anniversary. The afternoon show, because there was an afternoon and evening, featured the following card. Johnny B. Bad, who would go on to be Mark Merrill, defeated WCW Tag Team Champion Jerry Sags of the Nasty Boys. Ricky Steamboat defeated Max Payne. Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Of course, uh, Two Cold Scorpio went to be Flash Funk in WWE, but I think he's better known as Two Cold Scorpio. And Marcus yeah. Alexander Bagwell, Buff Bagwell in the NWO. They defeated the Hollywood Blondes, which was a group of two guys who I never, I don't think really did anything in their pro wrestling careers. I think they kind of fell off the map here. I, uh, I don't know, Brian Pillman and Steve Austin? I don't know. Who are those jumpers? Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Uh, WCW U.S. champion Dustin Rhodes, the son of Dusty Rhodes, defeated WCW TV champion Lord Steven Regal in a non-title match. We had the icon Sting defeat WCW tag team champion Brian Knobs of the Nasty Boys. And the main event of the afternoon show, seeing Ric Flair and Davey Boy Smith defeat WCW World Champion Vader and WCW International Champion Rick Rude. This was at the time, this was actually just after the time, and it's really weird. Ric Flair left WCW, went to uh, WWE in 1992, but he took the WCW World Championship with him, the, the big gold belt, if you will. So WCW created a new belt and just called that the world championship. Well, then Ric Flair was like, uh, WWF doesn't give a fuck about me. He came back to WCW. He brought the title back with him and they called that the WCW international world championship before it ended up being, um, consolidated together. They had a, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of pasty where you put them together. Unification. They had a unification of the two into what would continue to be the big gold belt. I want to see that title make a comeback. Oh, the WCW International World Championship. That would be better than the TNT Championship, just saying. Just saying. I mean, I'm saying also. Probably uh, Rick Rude would probably be a better champion than just the TNT Championship. call it the Elite champion. International Championship. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Um... <laughs> then they held another show that evening also held in uh england and we've seen wcw tv champion lord stephen ringel pin johnny b bad wcw tag team champions the nasty boys uh sags and knobs as we talked about earlier defeat 
Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Two Cold Scorpio. We've seen WCW US Champion Dustin Rhodes pin Max Payne. Sting pinned the WCW International World Champion Rick Rude, but this was in a non-title match. Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat defeated the Hollywood Blonde, Steve Austin, and Brian Pillman. My God, if there was four other people who were better workers in this world in the same right. match, holy wow. buckets. And the main event saw hometown hero British Bulldog Davey Boy Smith getting a victory over WCW World Champion Big Van Vader, although by disqualification, so he did not win the title and did not take it back overseas. Really shows you who your workhorses are, all the guys who worked double shift. Right. Oh, exactly. And that's just in one day. Can you imagine putting on a wrestling match in the afternoon and then going through and, and putting on another one in the evening? Ah. And then they got Halloween Havoc coming up the next night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to think about it, too, though. I mean... Pro wrestling ain't the kind of, especially WCW back in 93 when they had no money, they're not the kind of people who would fly them over there and give them a day to rest and then well, they had do to paddle it. They a boat. got jet lag. Well, <laughs> they might have, but they definitely had they called jet that lag by the time they got there. So you, you get there, you know, you have jet lag, you don't get to sleep the night before, you work the afternoon, then you work the evening, then you probably have to fly back either that night or the next morning. And they wonder why so many of them were addicted to drugs. I wonder why. <laughs> I'm telling you, the solution is just to put them all in Viking longboats. You got to get across yourself. I mean, they're all warriors, right? Row and <laughs> row and row and go and yeah. <laughs> Raymond Row. Yeah, I don't know that got nothing. Uh, I'll tell you what, Fat Mac, you ain't what? the only one, because when it comes to giving results for Impact Bound for Glory 2020, I got nothing. I didn't get to watch what? it yet. What? <laughs> oh, good show. <laughs> yeah, we got See, the problem the, uh... was, last week I had it advertised to everybody who listens to this podcast, so I'm sorry, that uh, <laughs> this pay-per-view was going to be available for free on impact plus which it very much wasn't or they made it very 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 difficult to find and i just didn't see it <laughs> one of the two but i tried very hard for a very long time i still I, I would love to uh for my own christmas present this year to get myself impact plus because i was telling my son that i was like not only can i watch all the pay-per-views and all the shows oh excuse me but all of the classic match, there's so many. You could you could watch Impact Plus for the full year and not get all of the best shows from Impact over the years. But pasty Impact Bound for Glory 2020. This of course is the quote unquote WrestleMania of Impact. Although I think that cheapens Bound for Glory. Um, we started out with a pre-show. I did not watch tag match. The Deaners, of course, course Cody Deaner and cousin Jake Deaner. I love it. Defeated the rascals. <laughs> they defeated the rascals. Uh, I'm I'm not happy that they defeated them, especially in under four minutes. I'm a huge rascals fan, and you know what? I liked Cody Deaner when he was with ODB as kind of her side pick, sidekick. 
I am not a fan of the Deaners. I'm sorry. I don't even know who they are. Um, they're hillbillies. They're I, uh, think of uh, what was um, what was Adam Sandler's friend in that that movie where he had a mullet? Come uh, on. Um, How many Adam movies Sandler are... had a mullet or the friend? No, no, no. Adam Sandler wasn't even in the movie, but I'm, I I can't think of the David Spade. David Spade, the the movie where he had a mullet. Joe Dirt. Oh, Joe Dirt. Yeah. Yeah, they're basically both Joe Dirt, really. <laughs> they're not bad in the ring. They're not great either, but I just don't dig the uh, the Joe Dirt character. Yeah. Didn't like the movies. Sorry. Well, what Didn't are they like doing? Ricky Bobby. What are they doing go over, going over on the Rascals then? The Rascals are actually good. I, that's my point. I'm upset. And in under four minutes. You it's know, like, what the fuck? you have no reason to be upset, Fat Mac. I almost got a clean sweep on this one with zero points. You you almost did. What's worse is the results from the next match, which we really fucked up by forgetting to do something we've done all year long. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, didn't do it. To... <laughs> oh, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to that later. Just... <sighs> We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> so we started off the actual pay-per-view with the X Division Championship six-way scramble. If you know TNA, if you know Impact, they, you should start off with the X Division. That's the only way to go. Oh, fuck yeah. Rohit Raju ended up winning. He uh, defended his title against Chris Bage of the Rascals also. Jordan Grace, TJP, Trey Miguel, and Willie Mac Pasty. Damn, TJP didn't win. I'm no, he wasn't even point. close. wasn't you, even close. You did get a point there, though. On good old Rohit Raju. You know, I love Raju. To me, he's the slimy bad guy who has no right to win. But he's always in the right place. He reminds me of... Austin Aries. Yeah. Well, I... That's a good one, but I don't think he's quite as talented. But, yeah, that is a good one. I was talking to my boy, and I said, you know what? He feels like the modern-day honky-tonk man, and the X Division Championship is his Intercontinental Championship. You know, honky stole and DQ'd, and and he found a million ways to keep his title. And uh, But but he never, like, just had a clean pinfall. And he's one of the best Intercontinental Champions of all time. And... Not a huge Rohit Raju fan, but I was never a huge honky fan until the 2000s or so. So I'm thinking maybe in 20 years I'll look back and say, God, Rohit Raju is one of the best X Division champions ever. Interesting. Jordan Grace, she was impressive. Uh, she showcased her strength and athleticism. Um, Willie Max stood out. Of course, you know, his speed and agility yeah, always. Exactly. <laughs> My son was just marking for him. And when I was like, oh, he's going to do the standing moonsault. And then he did it. My son was like, oh, crap. I thought you were joking. Yeah, I think, I think there's a reason big guys who can really move are my heroes and rest. I'm telling you. Did I ever tell you I broke my nose one time doing a moonsault? No. Oh, I did it. I was uh, wrestling. We were you know, what do you call it? Backyard wrestling, whatever, with a friend of mine. Trampoline? I went to do, no, 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 ground. Not uh. even a mattress. And I went to, I did a standing moonsault. Not, 
not on not on anything. Did a standing moonsault. And between him being out of place and me not flipping the right way, I landed my face right on his outreached arm. So I basically gave myself a clothesline to the nose. <laughs> it, Damn. Uh, yeah, blood forever. Uh, this was a high-energy match. It didn't slow down. Uh, basically the perfect opening match for any pay-per-view, but especially for an Impact BFG. This is the way to do it. Everybody kind of shined. Surprisingly, Chris Bay, I didn't think, didn't stand out to me much. But Willie, Jordan, Trey, super stood out to me. Rohit didn't stand out to me other than just him being a slime ball. And then you're not going to say about TJP. Uh, no, I mean, he's just, he's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He, he, he stays liquid. In other words, he kind of fills in the cracks. You know what I mean? Like he makes the match better, but you don't really notice it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the P and TJP stands for Phil McCracken. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then no, we so had. You can the, only figure out with the T and the J's. <laughs> <laughs> then we had the twenty-person call your shot gauntlet, and of course, if Heath or Rhino won, they would get an impact contract. If neither won, they would both leave the company. Rhino won, last eliminating Sammy Callahan. Although there's a there's a story behind this because Heath was injured shortly after entering this one. And it makes me wonder if he was actually supposed to win, but they called an audible. You know, if, if he was supposed to lose, I'm assuming anybody could have won, right? I can, mean, can he defeat Sammy Callahan? That's the big question. I think. I think you're safer to have Rhino do it. Well, but was it supposed to be Sammy Callahan at the end to begin? With? You yeah, know what I mean. Like, I don't know. who knows? Who knows? Maybe it had nothing to do with it, and this was the the planned ending. Um. But I think that, in all honesty, whether it was supposed to happen or not, I think it's better for Heath's story because this shows that he needed Rhino to once again save the day. You know yeah. what I mean? I, yeah. I like that. And, it definitely and, hey, sets up for the eventual meltdown between the two, which which will be good, too. And Rhino got a big victory on a huge pay-per-view that uh, I don't think he's... I looked it up, and I he hasn't won in a Bound for Glory for 15 years, Pasty. Jesus. Now, first of all, holy shit, Bound for Glory, Glory's been going on for 15 years. It's like, wow, that makes me feel old. But, uh, yeah, uh, huge. Um, Brian Myers, he came in uh, right away. I was like, oh, shit, well, I lost a tiebreaker, so I better win the majority because... XWWE guys. Um, <laughs> he was spotlighted nicely. Uh, it was awesome to see James Storm return. But the rest of this one was not exactly a good representation of Impact's ability. I can't believe James Storm returned um, and didn't win it, to be honest. I would have loved for him to win it. The biggest pop out of my son was for Swoggle. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gave this one a C minus. I mean, it was what it was. It wasn't bad, but a twenty person, even with the gun, you know what? Actually, it could have been a lot better. It could have, honestly, could have. They didn't put their best in it. They put all of the. Uh, this was the uh, hot dog. You know what I mean? They took all the shit that fell on the floor 
<laughs> and they scooped it into a pile and put it in this match, and it could have been so much better. Gotta get everybody on the card. Yeah, but there's people that I think they could have made it better. That's just me. I wouldn't doubt it. And we saw Moose defeating EC3, leaving me with zero points yet again. <laughs> and I was still disappointed in the outcome. <laughs> Um, this was a cinematic match. I think we mentioned that last week, right? Because it kind of came last minute. It was an undisclosed location. I was kind of bummed that they didn't disclose the location. Like, I thought they'd say something about it, but they didn't. Was it from the Firefly Funhouse? No, it wasn't. (laughs) But they they did a good job here. I, I really thought they did. Um, the ring was surrounded by these masked minions. And EC3 and Moose put on just a a brutal show. And you could kind of tell. I I kind of separated myself here, Pasty. Because the story was awesome. What I wanted the story to be was exact opposite. But they they told the story and I followed it. So it was not about EC3's return. And it wasn't about putting him in a big spot. It was all about Moose. It was about getting the killer edge out of him. You found out that EC3 was actually trying to help Moose in uh, maybe a Mr. Miyagi way. You know what I mean? Just pissing him off and fucking with him. It was a great bit of business. It forced the nastiness out of Moose. Positioned E3, EC3 as like the sacrificial lamb. And I think, I mean, Moose won. But it was kind of a weird, obscure ending. But um, it, it, this could have been a lot worse than it was. Was it as weird and, as it obscure as, as Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt disappearing into a swamp and the pay-per-view it wasn't, ending? <laughs> but I will say that I wanted to grade this higher, but the ambiguous ending hurt my opinion. I mean, like, maybe Moose didn't win, EC3... EC3 obviously didn't win. He lost. He was beat down and dead in the middle of the ring. There were no referees, so there was no pinfall, no nothing. Um, doesn't change the outcome of you and I, so I would say Moose won because he was standing tall and EC3 was dead, but it kind of ended... It, it was nothing like the Firefly Funhouse, but you know how that ended without a legit winner or loser, but we knew there was a winner and loser? Yeah. That's kind of how this was, and I wish I wish they would have explained something at the time, and they didn't. I just wish EC3 would have won and would have got a point. <laughs> What's the point of coming back? You're the you're the company's like golden god. I honestly wish he would have won because I want him to be the standard bear. I want him to be the main guy. Does anybody actually like Moose? That's the real question. People do. People in the internet, at least. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I I've never seen. I don't know. I've never seen a moose. He's like a he's like a like a giant Titus O'Neil. You know, I mean, there's, he's not. He's a more bulkier Titus O'Neil. I don't even yeah. think he's t- taller than Titus. He's, well, he's just, like he's like just like moose he's goofy a like him, and he's like I don't know. He's kind of like a moose. Yeah. yeah. All knobbly need and. You ever horns. seen uh, you ever seen the the Disney movie Brother Bear? He's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> 
I want to say he's Dave Thomas, and I ain't talking about the guy that founded Wendy's. So many of our listeners right now are going to Google to look up who the fuck is Dave <laughs> Thomas. And 90% of them are going to get the Wendy's guy and not the fucking um, SCTV comedian. <laughs> Good stuff. Alienate the fans, Fat Mac. Well, not only do you get to talk about the creator of Wendy's, we also get to talk about the inventor of the Shamrock Shake as Ken Shamrock defeated Eddie Edwards by submission. Robbing Pasty yet again of a point. Damn it. <laughs> um, first line I have in my description, Pasty, should have been a lot better, really sums this up. Oof, so he's not improving. <laughs> you know, um, I think they tried to work a more Ken Shamrock match, so he looked better. But I think it hurt the match overall, to be honest. I do have to question what the hell Impact is doing putting Ken Shamrock on every pay-per-view. He's, he's, he's a he's big beyond name. that, isn't he? You know what I mean? Like, Brock Lesnar doesn't do every pay-per-view. You know? he, he, Ken Shamrock is no Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I mean, in the 90s, well, even in the 90s he wasn't, because back then UFC wasn't no UFC. I guess. Um, this, this helped push the story. Do I have anything good in oh my Oh, God, there's here? a story here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's see. I got... It's a testament to these two that you're able to watch this match. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have that in my notes. Um... Well, I, I did have here... The same night he was inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame, Shamrock earned his biggest win since his return, and maybe that's why. Yeah. And on the plus side, um, Sammy Callahan did interfere for the ending, so Edwards kind of has an out. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like Ken Shamrock beat him; it was Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock beat him. So I don't think this is over. So I think they're still going. It didn't make Edwards look too bad at the end, but. Good match. No, I gave it a C plus. <laughs> I think it was the uh, worst graded match I have on here, to be well, honest. It's at the middle of the card where it should be, I suppose. Yeah, I guess I had a C minus on the gauntlet, but when you It's the cool down you... match before the barn burner that's up next. Oh such a great match, Pasty. We got the tag team championship four way where the North Ethan Page and Josh Alexander ended up winning the title from the Motor City Machine Guns in a match that also included the Good Brothers, who Pasty and I both thought were going to walk away with it, and Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. They'd been building this up for weeks on TV with various matches pitting various members of these teams together. Uh, good shit. Good story. Good match. The match started even before the bell rang, and this probably my only knock, but I think they made it work with the story. Josh Alexander attacked Alex Shelley before the match even started on the ramp, gave him a sick-looking pile driver, so it left one half of the champions unable to compete, and Chris Saban defended the titles on his own in this match. So they're not hurt by losing, I think. And the fact that 
one of the guys from the winning team did that should continue the feud is my yeah. opinion on this. Uh, Sabin was out, was outstanding. He definitely reminded the fans why he belongs where he is. He's one of the best baby faces in company history. The North, I'm a huge fan of the North. I think they're, you know, they remind me of FTR. They're amazing in the ring and they're okay on the mic. But that also reminds me of Arn and Tully. Right, yeah. Who I think they're both kind of, you know, or, or even going back to when we had our uh, underrated factions, the Varsity Club, you know, that had uh, Rick Steiner, that had Dr. Death, Steve Williams, that had Mike Rotunda, Kevin Sullivan, who had nothing to do with being there. But all, all of them guys were amazing, amazing wrestlers and could put on amazing shows. None of them were really good talkers, except for Kevin Sullivan, who wasn't a wrestler. <laughs> That's why he was there. So uh, I, I love this. I give this an A-. minus. Just fucking awesome. And I think, like I said, I think this sets up the, the feud to go farther with the Good Brothers. I can't wait for that. I don't even care if the Good Brothers ever beat the North. I like them chasing these two guys. I think will be super fun. Honestly, going into their next uh, talk and shop of mania, it's probably better. They don't have the tag titles anyway. You know what I mean? That's true. We like the underdog, right? Yeah. Uh, then we had the knockouts championship seeing Sue young defeating Deanna Purazzo. Wait, what? Wait a second. What about <laughs> Kylie Ray here to make her redemption from leaving AEW. Yeah. Uh, Kylie Ray no showed this match, Pasty, and the worst part was she's afraid of Sue Young. That's what it is. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's one thing when a talent no shows a match that that happens. Championship match, it's worse, but it happens. Pay-per-view championship match, even worse, but it happens. <laughs> but nobody on commentary or in the storyline or anything explained why it was Sue Young versus Deanna Perrazzo <laughs> and why Kylie Ray wasn't there. That is not cool. That's no. not cool. Say something. Say Kylie Ray missed a flight. Say Kylie Ray's under the weather. Say Kylie Ray got attacked by Sue Young. Say Kylie Ray is missing, and all they seen were, you know, druids in the back, and Sue Young, you know, and then Sue Young comes out. Like it's, I, I don't like that they didn't mention it, because it's obvious. We knew it was it was a, it was a match we all expected. Just like Roman Reigns and WrestleMania, right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, but the Virtuosa did issue an open challenge, and uh, out came to everyone's surprise, mine included, not Susie, but Sue Young, the undead bride. She has emerged just weeks after Perazzo brutalized her as Susie at Victory Road. So I feel like... I mean, no, I don't feel like... We all know this was what they were planning in the long run, but this probably wasn't where they were planning to pull the trigger. Right, Pasty? Yeah, which is weird, seeing as this is your WrestleMania. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I agree. She wasn't scheduled to be on the card, so it's like, well, yeah. I don't know if maybe they planned for it afterwards or what, but I, it probably works out better. I, I love the Sue Young transformation here. In ring content, fucking strong. Come on, it's Deanna oh, Perazzo and Sue Young. Nothing to miss out on here. They picked up right where they left off at, at Victory Road. Susie devolving back into Sue Young. You got the story there. Um, but plot twist: Sue Young and Eric Young are related. <gasps> I, I, I can't help but come back to though. There's people who wanted to see the match of Kylie Ray versus Deanna Perazzo. Um, half of the last or the last uh, impact before this was dedicated to that match. They could have given any explanation. Pissed me off. But uh, Virtue also appeared to be, who appears to be the centerpiece of the knockouts division. And Sue Young coming back from Susie. That works in storylines. So I am 100% fine with it. And this might be better than what it could have been. I'm just worried that they're going to hot shot the title unnecessarily and just put it right back on Perazzo and they just did it for kind of like a bump. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like Perazzo was supposed to win this from Kylie, but, oh, we got to put in Sue Young. Oh, let's have her win it. And then in two weeks, we'll give it back to Perazzo. I don't want to see that. I want to see Perazzo chase. Yeah, definitely. Sue Young is the one who deserves the gold. Uh, can't wait to go back and watch this one. Very good. And then? And then, the Impact World Championship is on the line. As Rich Swan defeats Eric Young. To Pace, take you his got a place at the top of the show, yes! Allowing me to break the sweep and get a point before oh, the so end of this of you. pay-per-view. <laughs> it was hard fought and well-earned. <laughs> For sure. Great match here. I mean, I got a lot written here. I, I could go through it all. Uh, but I almost feel, I, I think I got kind of wordy. I loved it. I loved it, and I watched it back, and then I kind of wrote everything. Um, I got young through everything at Swan, uh, but, you know, Swan had the heart and determination, uh, overcame young's onslaught, a hell of a main event. He captured his first world championship ever, at least in a major company, rich Swan. So good for him, especially after the kind of haphazard, uh, way WWE exiled him. Yeah. Um, especially after, like, you know, they didn't even wait for any information to come out for him, and they kicked him out. Um, <clears throat> black wrestler. <clears throat> right. But what about Matt, Matt Riddle? Matt I mean, Riddle. I mean, just Riddle. <laughs> just Riddle. Yeah, Matt Riddle ends up having shit put out against him. We haven't heard any definitive shit about him, and they're like, well, we'll just change his name from Matt Riddle to Riddle so that when you Google him, we don't get his <laughs> sexual misconduct shit come up. White wrestler. <laughs> Doesn't Matt Riddle still pop up if you search Riddle? I mean, like... I'm, I'm assuming 
a lot of riddles come up first, I guess. I mean, if you put Riddle Pro Wrestler, obviously you would think he'd pop up. <laughs> Um, but no, uh, Rich Swan. He, he overcame his injuries. He had talked about his rough childhood and opened up about you know the the troubles he had back then, similar to Booker T. He realized his boyhood dream, and you know what? This was so great. But also, I think Eric Young, who I've said many, many, many times over, I've never seen as a main eventer, and I still don't. But I thought he was such an amazing heel in this match that he really helped make this win seem better than it could have been against perhaps another wrestler. So, fucking loved this. Gave it an A. Uh, Just an awesome match. I recommend anybody, if you're only going to watch one match, go and watch this match. It's just fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I meant to get around to at least watching this one today. It just wasn't in the cards. I'm I'm hoping here that Eric Young keeps the character going forward and doesn't like do something stupid like a babyface turn or something. <laughs> yeah, it seems like even though he's been an Impact original, Impact mainstay, nobody's really known how to market him, and this seems to be the best so far. Ooh, excuse me. Woo! So. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him keep up with this. I, I'd like to see this storyline go. Even though I don't consider Eric Young a main eventer, I wouldn't mind Rich Swan beating him one or two more times and maybe even Eric Young stealing a win or two by nefarious means to keep this going for a little bit and build Rich Swan as a champ. I'm yeah. okay with that. Looking forward to seeing where it goes. So what was your best match of the night? I, I got to go with Eric Young versus Rich Swan. I really enjoyed that. I think that is a great professional wrestling match, hands down. And um, I gave the show as a total a B grade. It was mostly in the upper tier with a couple low spots. And um, it's bound for glory. I think it, it, it could have been better. I would expect a Bound for Glory to get an A grade, either A minus, A or A plus. But considering the times we live in, a B grade is acceptable for sure. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Ugh. And that brings us into Sunday's spectacular. I don't I don't know if that's what you'd call it at all. WWE And they fucking flipped the script on us. Well, I guess there was a pre-show match. Seeing the 24-7 championship on the line with R-Truth. Defeating Drew Goo Goo Eyes Gulak. Um, we like the Goo Goo, buddy. Do. Uh, nice to see Truth defeating or retaining or whatever. A championship I mean, in a match and not just a backstage segment. Yeah, but I guess I don't... Was it a match? Do we know? Was it a match like in the it's ring? Got a, it's got a time. If it's got a time, I would assume it's in the ring. Oh, time backstage. They gave, they gave a time to the fucking um, <laughs> Mojo Rowley and uh, Gronk at WrestleMania. And that oh, was a busting it back to Bone for Glory. Did, did The Rock induct uh, Ken Shamrock during the show, or was that a pre show thing, or what? It was, it was on um, Spike TV free. And also on uh, Impact Plus free previous to the show airing. So, yes, oh, okay. um, I have not watched it. 
I, I want to go back and do it. But from everything I've seen and read, yes, it was on both Spike and um, Impact Plus free for everyone to watch. So, And that's that's super smart. You got Dwayne The Rock Johnson promoting your pay-per-view. You fucking put it out anywhere you can free. <laughs> it's worth the money. Next year's Bone for Glory, we're going to see The Rock versus Shamrock. You're a I sham. Think, I could see next year's Bound for Glory have, like, John Cena and Duck R-Truth. <laughs> R-Truth's only there for, like, a month beforehand. Right. Yeah, you don't have to be there to be inducted, I yeah, guess. I that, but you probably can't be a WWE contracted guy. <laughs> well, then again, wait a second, wait a second. WWE would let it happen. Um... You know, we got to get going, but back in the day when uh, WWE wanted to induct Ric Flair as part of the Four Horsemen, he was contracted to TNA, and they got a hold of TNA, and they said, hey, we want to use Ric Flair, and TNA said, well, you know, you got to give us somebody, and Ric Flair, or uh, WWE said, you know, name who you want, who do you want? Now, obviously, you would assume Triple H, Undertaker, Cena probably weren't going to be allowed. Right. But from the uh, various folks involved around there, none of them were even requested, which which maybe you're not going to request who you're never going to get. But the only person that was asked for was Christian Cage. And uh, <laughs> Impact Wrestling got Christian Cage. Yeah. <laughs> who obviously get. was, I mean, he was a big, uh, he, he was a, a world champion in Impact Wrestling and kind of made his <laughs> name as a solo in Impact Wrestling. Damn, you'd think there'd be a handful we'll of give you at least Spike Dudley. First. Yeah, I know, right? I like, think there'd be a handful you'd ask for first. I don't know. I, I would at least want to make sure it's a fair trade. There's Ric Flair, old old Ric Flair is worth more than Christian. I, I, I really enjoy Christian, but hands down, there's no arguing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, moving on, I guess. Uh, started this off with, um, I'm going to What should have been I, the main event, probably? Yeah, the best Hell in a Cell <laughs> match on the card, probably the best match on the card. I was like, oh, Uni- cool, I don't have to watch any more than this, then. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably didn't. You didn't have to, I mean. Uh, Universal Championship, Hell in a Cell, I quit match. We've seen Roman Reigns defeat Jey Uso yet again. Pasty, this was never going to be a technical showcase. We've seen this before. I still hope it would be every time we get it. But it was a story being told, and I even have in here. uh, Did I put it down here? I want to read it word for word, but maybe I don't. Anyway, basically what I said was, um, there was much more variety. Oh, here it is. Um, at least Roman switched it up, and there was more variety in his shit talking this time. Pasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I think being able to hear every little bit of it, you, you feel like they, you did kind of feel like they went over this before and it was rehearsed. But I don't think it was a bad thing, being as this is a very soap opera storyline. Um, some of the same beats from from the last match, obviously, but I think there was more brutality this time. And I think I mean a Hell in is... a Cell match transformed into a strap match at one point. That was pretty cool. 
It did. That was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and you weren't disappointed, right? No. I mean, it didn't last long enough, I don't think. But it was cool. <laughs> this is the best storyline WWE has done this year. It, it, am I wrong in saying that? No. Storyline-wise? My qualms are just it's too much talking, not enough fighting, especially when it's supposed to be like this blood feud. And right. And, like, I don't get it. I feel like uh, Roman did less damage to Jay than they did he did in the last match, almost. And it's like, well... And then Jimmy getting involved for the finish, that whole thing. I, I will say, Roman Reigns, like, talking to Jimmy, saying, I don't I don't even know who I am anymore. Like, like pretty much legit crying in the ring was... Right. Got me, you know, the way it's supposed to hook you. Like, oh, my God. He's realizing things, but of course, you know, in the back of your mind, that's not what's happening at all. Right, we know he's satanic. <laughs> but that's good. Like, Roman is setting himself up for Hollywood. I think that's what you need to do with this heel run, because you don't want to be... Ter- I guess you do... He probably does at some point want to be babyface one more time, but... Right. Get out that's soon afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but... It was, See, it, I... The finish I, was the same as last time, basically. Yeah, Instead of it throwing was. in the towel, it was him saving his brother. I, I quit, I quit. Well, and, and I have that in here. First, I want to say, I felt it was more brutal than the last one, but but I don't know. Maybe it was just because it was in the cell or, or whatnot hmm. that it seemed like it to me, which is fine, one way or the other. Um, I, I do think... You know, th- this wasn't the best Hell in a Cell match ever, but I think it may have been the very best story told inside the Hell in a Cell outside of Mick Foley and Undertaker, which took place mostly outside of the cell, so yeah. I don't know if that counts. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's fucking story here, and Reigns and Uso both are really milking this and making it worth, yeah. um, you know... But remember the, how the good ending? Usos versus New Day in a Hell in a Cell was? Oh, yeah. I just, when I, I was but thinking that, that going all... into this, like. But that did... was kind of the opposite of this where, I mean, there was story there, but they didn't highlight the story. It was a ton of spots, and it made for an awesome showcase. Um, that one will probably be better to go back and watch on its own, you know, five years from now as opposed to this one. Yeah. But this but will be a DVD not. collection. <laughs> That's the difference. For sure. And I think I think the ending being so similar, like this isn't the end of these guys. Obviously, Roman Reigns with this win, he wins the – Jimmy and Jay have to be his his tribe now or something, right? Like he's the tribal chairman or no, something. No, like. they're booted from the tribe. That was the stipulation he put on at the end, was if you lose this, if you say you quit, you and your families and your wives, your children, you're all out of the Samoan dynasty. So that's another reason why I'm like, well, this is fucking dumb now. (laughs) Yeah, see, I thought it was that they had to follow him and he had already had, you know, the the That was what I had hoped for. Like like every dog needs his bitches, right? But no. Right. I guess maybe he could give that to him as like a pity. You don't have to leave the family, but you belong to me now. But 
if that wasn't the yeah, it, I wouldn't the, like the that. Huge that stipulation being, oh, they're exiled from the family. It's like, well, now there's not a whole lot you can do. There, that's it. It's done. And then the fucking the elders come out and and adorn Roman Reigns with the beads at the end. Yeah, everybody agrees you're out of the that family now, so that's done. Vince might as well fire your asses and go, go somewhere else. <laughs> I did love that, and I will say that um, I didn't. You gonna put those old ass motherfuckers in harm's way in 2020? Were they in harm's way? The, yeah. How many how many WWE outbreaks has there been? And we're gonna talk about another one later. So. Yeah. So don't tell me there hasn't been any. <laughs> Actually, especially since um, it's far back on our Facebook page now. But there was a good one from the. Uh, Samoan wrestling school that was like, if you don't wear a mask, we'll kick your ass or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that. Um, I gave this an A plus grade though. Honestly, I think I, I was sitting here watching it. I was watching it with my son and I was marking out probably every 10 seconds. Uh-huh. I loved it. I was on the edge of my seat. I wasn't eating my, you know, we had chicken wings and nachos grandis and I just wasn't eating any of it. Like this was the, to me, um, this should have been the main event, but, man, was it a hell of a way to start it. I loved it. It's the second Roman Reign A-plus match I've given in pay-per-views and probably the only two A-plus matches I've given. And maybe Roman's just that good of an actor. Maybe these matches aren't as good as I, I'm perceiving them to be, but for whatever reason... Me as a view, I'm sucked in, pasty. I think that's the same reason why I'm dragging my feet and being so critical of this, because I am, like, super hyped that Roman's a heel, and, like, I want everything to go well so that this can actually mean something, but I'm going to fucking pick at it like I would my own lyrics. Which is good. You know what I mean? That's definitely not a bad thing, because he's in that spot. He's in the main spot. And not only that, he's in the main spot to where... All of us said, oh, he's in the main spot, but this isn't where he should be. He should be in the other one. Well, now he's in the other one. I will say I was heavily tilted towards giving this match a thumbs down. And then after the pay-per-view, I wound up online and saw everybody's fucking gushing praise over it. I'm like, maybe I need to rethink it a little bit. Oh, is this an internet (laughs) darling? It is. Everybody loved it. Okay, good. I I haven't got to see really anything about this on, uh, on the internet, so... I did like. I usually I, don't agree with them. I did like that 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 they had a hard time censoring Jay Uso in the beginning when he kept saying shit. The first time oh, they he said shit no, and they censored out the next even, word. Oh, for real! <laughs> they did that twice, and I think they did it with uh, fuck with Roman once. It was like, <laughs> yeah, they were really bad. I I don't know how the replays are. I'm assuming the replays are much better. Yeah, but you're right. I didn't have that in my notes, but that is something I noticed. It was like they kept censoring out. The no talking uh-huh. after what he was saying. It was like, oh, shit. You know, it wasn't a beep. It was just Another beep, reason, yeah. too, is because I, I'm sitting here. It's the beginning of Hell in a Cell. My kids are watching it with me, and Kirsten's watching it with me, and none of them really watch wrestling on a regular basis. So I was excited, like, hey, Parker, yeah, this is a Hell in a Cell match. And then he saw this. And I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, for a kid, there's not so much action. <laughs> Even he asked, like, story. why are they talking? <laughs> yeah, I I would agree. For, for somebody that you're going to show, uh, this isn't somebody you're going to show them their first Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, yeah. 
And, um, yeah, I had that a while back when I showed NXT to my son. I think it was his first NXT takeover that he watched from beginning to end. And it was their worst one. And I agree with you. It's That's hard when you're like, oh, check this out. And you're like, oh, fuck, this isn't exactly <laughs> right. what it is. I'm sorry. Honestly, you kick it off with Banks Bailey. You put Drew and fucking Orton in the middle and you end it with this. That would have been fucking perfect. Agreed. But basically, they didn't do that. And up next was Elias defeating Jeff Hardy. All and we're going to give DQ. these matches about as much time as WWE did on the pay-per-view. Probably, yeah. That's what I have to say about that. Um, I will say it's not fair to anybody to follow Reigns versus Uso. Whether you loved it or didn't, right. there was so much emotion that uh, this, was, this was the worst spot to be in. But... Um, I guess I'll just go with the last sentence I had in here. Do we want more of this? No. Okay. I gave it a grade C. <laughs> I love Elias. I want good things for him. But, like, getting beat by Jeff Hardy or, or punked by Jeff Hardy when you're getting a guitar smashed over you, when you're the guitar guy, uh, no, that's bad. Then we had uh, the Money in the Bank contract on the line. The Miz took it away from Otis forever. <laughs> Oh, I think corona. this was good, but I don't know how much attention I was paying. It's cool that the Miz has it. There's more potential there for things that matter, like the Miz gaining another championship. Um, yeah, and this bled into Tucker attacking Otis. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta make. <coughs> Sorry, I knew that was coming. That's why I wasn't tired. <laughs> yeah, spread that COVID. Spread that. Um, yeah, the, the Tucker, the Tucker heel turn, even before Morrison was kicked from ringside, it was, uh, I mean, we talked about it last week, but it's like, as soon as John Morrison was eliminated from ringside, it's like, okay, yeah, Tucker's turning heel. Um, I have the same thoughts of you. I put, uh, my last two sentences is at least the Miz has the contract now and we know that he's good at milking that gimmick. Mm. But I gave this a C minus grade for a match. But I, the ending was right. It wasn't what I. It wasn't what I voted for. I thought Otis would continue to keep it. But I mean, I think they did the right thing. Miz is awesome as yes. a money in the well, bank that's, holder. That's his. That's his slogan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's awesome. Exactly. Miz is awesome. So yeah, they, they did. My the kid right was playing with his Miz action figure today. It's the Miz when he was dressed up as John Cena. Oh, way to go. And I got Marie says Brie Bella, too. <laughs> I was just going to ask if you had that. Yep. It's great. It's a great so, piece yeah. of history. Um, bad, bad match, but very good ending. So they did the right thing. Doesn't make up for it. C minus. My hopes here is they, they, because Otis and Tucker, you know, they're on opposite shows, but now he turned on his friend and, like, so now they have to bring them over to the same show. So maybe Big E goes back to SmackDown with the New Day, or Raw. They're on Raw. And yeah, I have I have some stuff in my notes about how stupid that is, but I figure the draft doesn't mean anything anyways. No, it doesn't. Especially about. when four weeks later you have Survivor Series, where superstars yeah. from each show, and and as they're piecing it together this week, the superstars who are going on the the team Raw are people who are on SmackDown before the draft. Oh, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I don't care. I don't yeah. care about the draft, honestly. 
Well, there's something we do care about, Fat Mac, and that's the SmackDown Women's Championship Hell in a Cell match. Because Sasha Banks finally got one over on Bailey and took that championship. And this was a fucking good match. Was it as good as their NXT takeover? Eh, probably not. I don't think it can be inside of a cell. No. I will tell you one thing, Pasty, and I'm just going to tell it to you now. I'm going to mute myself because i got to blow my nose. Yeah, do that. Tis the season for boogers, folks. Oh, this, this match was awesome. Right off the bat, Banks coming down, attacking Bailey outside of the cell. They battled around before getting into the cell. Uh, you knew this was going to be the hard-hitting Hell in a Cell match. And I think at this point, you kind of had the idea that it was going to be three distinctly different Hell in a Cell matches. And while this they- one didn't include the strap, there was plenty of uses of kendo sticks and chairs. Um, yeah, a, a giant fail, which I have towards the end of my thing, but I'm just going to say it right now. The, uh, I'm going to tape two kendo sticks together and, and stick them between the ring and the cage. Failed miserable fucking bleed. Um, that was bad. Yeah, they had to fight to keep them up there. When they finally did the spot, I thought the spot was kind of cool, but. Well, she didn't even, yeah, she didn't even tape them together, okay, which. I think were they even more... taped? I don't. I thought they were both put in at different times. No, she. They tried to do a spot where they, she took two kendo sticks and taped them at the end with duct tape to make a long kendo stick, and then stick it between the ring and the cage. If you have duct tape and your opponent's down long enough for you to <sighs> duct tape anything, it should be their hands behind their. Yeah, back. and it just it didn't <laughs> work. And even she was like, "Fuck." And I'm trying to remember if they even used it or not. I want to say they didn't use it, which would be the the right thing to do because it sucked. Um, but but that's at the end of this. My very first thoughts on this pasty: Reigns and Uso may have told a more intriguing story, but Bailey and Banks made much better use out of the Hell in the Cell stipulation to put on a violent match. I think intent and intensity defined this match entirely. Oh, that's perfect, Pasty. I like that. Intent yes. and intensity. Yeah, you could be like Kurt Angle with the three eyes. You just need like uh, Rey Mysterio's eyeball to hang up there Incontinence. and you got them all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, this is from two – these two women, like how many classic matches have they had? You mentioned the NXT match, which is not only one of the best NXT takeover matches, one of the best women matches – one of the best matches ever. Like, I mean, it, it that got, has to go on the echelon of best matches ever, period. Um, this this is another one. I, I used this, uh, I, I, I thought of this, I think it was last time we talked about a pay-per-view, but this is another one. They're going to use clips of this in, in their Hall of Fame videos. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm picturing moments, and I'm like, oh, my God. And there were some odd moments, but as a whole, I think this match exceeded what were already high expectations, for me at least. And I think Banks winning was the right call for this feud, and this feud's going to continue, obviously, mm-hmm. until WrestleMania, I would assume. Yeah. No, I think this year's WrestleMania 24 is definitely going to be Banks-Bailey's story this year. 
Yeah, so I, I would love to see them main event it, and they deserve it. Yeah, definitely. I I think this should definitely be better than Ronda Rousey and and and, and Becky Lynch just on principle. Yeah, of the storied career these two have together. I gave this match an A grade. I mean, it was just barely not as good as Roman and Uso. But, in all honesty, I think you could easily make an uh, argument for this being better than that one. I think it was. In my personal opinion, I would say that this was the best Hell in a Cell match of the night. Oh, hard to argue. This is like, But like I said, I was watching it with my family. By this point, they had gone to bed, so they didn't get to see this one. And it wasn't Orton and McIntyre. Let's just admit that. Yeah. And that's not yet, I know. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. the Shane McMahon Hell in a Cell match. That's it's just, <laughs> uh, put me to sleep, it did. Literally. Um, which probably wasn't helped by our next match impromptu United States Championship match, seeing Bobby Lashley taking on Slapjack. And defeating him by submission. And Retribution is just getting flushed down the toilet and getting stuck and plunged. And Oh my god, Pasty! That's the best thing you ever could have said. What? <laughs> they got flushed down the toilet. Pasty! After Sasha Banks and Bailey, I went and took a poop. And when I came back, this match was over. <laughs> I knew there was going to be some fuckery when out of all the members of Retribution, Slapjack's the one going up against Lashley. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I literally went and pooped and came back and it was over. I have no idea what the fuck happened here. Yeah. I love that you used that analogy, though. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I pooped. I missed it. Did your poop get stuck? Did you have to plunge it down, too? You know, it didn't. But, you know, it's definitely not as lumpy as Bobby Lashley or as uh, slappy as Slapjack. Your your shit probably didn't stink as bad, either. Uh, (laughs) Probably not. No, this was was, uh, the epitome of dumb. Why is this? This was the one match that was added to the card. And, and why? And why? Yeah, three three minutes fifty seconds just to break up the two Hell in a Cell matches. None of them are anything alike. I don't think you have to worry about you know people connecting lines there. I think people, Some people connect need the lines. A poop break, pasty. <coughs> three minutes and fifty seconds is not long enough for me to take a shit. Just no, it, it, it wasn't for me either. But they, they paused it before it came. Yeah, I got to bring up my news articles and shit. You easily could have uh, put in a, a commercial for hel- for uh, Halloween Havoc or, or something right. else in place of this, for sure. Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah, this, this match ended quickly and then broke down with the two groups fighting each other. And then the following night on Raw, <laughs> four weeks before Survivor Series, it was the Hurt Business versus Retribution in an elimination tag match, <laughs> which... Saw each and every member of Retribution being defeated sequentially. One of them was like by disqualification, and they they had, and then they said afterwards that they'll win when they want to. Yeah. Oh yeah, I say that all the time. <laughs> I say that after I was done and she didn't finish. I'm like, you'll finish when I want you to. <laughs> I'm gonna go to sleep. <laughs> 
Um, you know, and the thing is, why wouldn't you have that be on the pay-per-view? I mean, not saying that that's great, but why, why wouldn't, wouldn't you, have... you save that for Survivor Series? That would well, be a good, even if it was, also, even yeah. was shit, it would be good that's for that pay-per-view. Right? We, yeah, we four weeks out. Four weeks out. Yeah. So they blew the load on the first week of that four weeks. That's, that's <sighs> fucking nuts and ridiculous. And then why they spent you... the rest of the episode of Raw building the Raw team for Survivor Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why did you why did you even have and we talked about this before we went on the air. Why did you even have faction versus faction? Why don't you have these are two brand new factions, both of them. Yeah. They started about the exact same time, right? And this yeah. has maybe been uh 6 weeks out. <coughs> both of them roughly. I I think her business has probably been around a little bit longer, but yeah, roughly okay. roughly about the same time. I would say yeah, uh, yeah. Why, but but neither of them have had like a major feud that they've won, right? No. So why wouldn't you have the hurt, the hurt, the hurt, hurt business, right? I keep wanting yeah. to say hurt locker. I know, right? <laughs> hurt business, which I like, but I feel like it's uh, uh the BDC, the Beatdown Clan, which we also did. We talk about that in our underrated. Doesn't matter. Anyways. The beatdown clan, why wouldn't you have them face some people, get some major wins, solos and maybe tags? Yeah. Same with same with Retribution. Have them get some major wins. On different build them up shows, as a force. right? Not on the same yeah. show. <laughs> I mean, I don't even care if they're on the same show, but against different people that aren't related at all. And then, you know, it's like, oh, then they come together, and now it's like, oh, it's, the, it's two of the biggest – factions in wwe and they have to go head to head in survivor series like that makes sense yeah um yeah it just goes to show i don't think vince knows what to do with any faction and it's just it's it's really he's busy working on his netflix biopic god (laughs) damn it man can't do everything uh no he needs that guy to fucking make him look jacked He's not going to be the one that made him birth to Jesus Christ. And unto Vince McMahon, a child was born. Uh, they will I call guess... him Emmanuel. <coughs> Sometimes Shane McMahon, and he shall jump out of a helicopter. <laughs> and perhaps off a steel cage. He just likes to leap. He's a leaper. Not a leper. Vince McMahon healed the lepers and he birthed the leaper. That's how we know he's the Messiah. Uh, and he wants his daughter to fuck many men. Including his son, the leaper. The leaper. But not Macho Man Randy Savage. Never the <laughs> Macho Man! For he was the serpent upon the garden of Capital Wrestling. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I guess we should probably talk about this main event, huh? I just I just think sometimes our best shit has nothing to do with what's going on. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, uh uh a main event happened, wasn't good, wasn't bad, it existed. Yep. Uh, who, who is this? Is this it was the this one where they climbed up the outside of the cell. If that's what oh, you're into. so this is like a is this like a friends episode now? <laughs> yeah. WWE Hell in a Cell, the one where they climbed up the. I just love how Randy the... had to climb up the cell and grab a pipe 
to not really use the pipe <laughs> to climb down the cell. You know, it's all about the pipe, buddy. And I just I don't understand what's the what's the deal with superstars who are willing to go halfway up the cell, but not the extra you know four or five feet to go to the top of the cell and go off. You know what I mean? Pasty, I want I want to tell you something. I'm gonna let you in on a, a little something about myself. One point in my life, I had a job where where I was. My job was climbing ladders. And sometimes we had those those ladders where it was like there were twofold ladders. Like it, it was one size, which by the way was twenty feet. But then you could pull the 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 rope and make it forty feet. I was okay going up and working on the twenty foot stuff. I could go up and work on the 30-foot stuff on a decent day that wasn't icy and windy. Were you on a universal champion salary? Uh, no, by no means. <laughs> and the uh, the 40-foot stuff, I didn't want to touch. So I will say that I give, I, I will accept that. I will accept the difference between climbing halfway up the, up the cell and not all the way. Because I think once you're up there, it looks different than when you're down below. Yeah, it's just. But like you said, I never made Randy Orton money either. <laughs> so that's different. Speaking of the old snake, he defeated Drew McIntyre to win the championship. Why did he do that? Because it was needed at this point in time, I guess. Um, I, I will say, uh, I know it's something you don't like and whether it's good or bad, I, I noticed, I think it's awesome that they had three Hell in a Cell matches that all felt completely different. I thought that was awesome. There was a methodical one, mm -hmm. there was a traditional one, and there was a, a ruthless one. So that, that's cool. I, I liked that. I liked yeah. that. And my take on but, it is I would much rather one Hell of a Cell match with all of those elements in it. And I feel you're right. I'm, I'm not arguing that. You are right. There yeah. should rather be one with all of them. Or one men's and one women's, and don't worry about the similarities between the two. Just let them tell a story. Yes. But let, let them have every aspect yeah. able to them. You know what I mean? I agree Every, everything here felt very uh, limited and, and held back. Granted, which, they all excelled you, in their lanes. Yeah, but it makes you wonder if... if Rand, and I think that Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre felt like the one that was more restrained. Why have that go on last? Out of, yeah, out the of slowest, the two, most more, boring one. Yeah, I mean, was there was anything... What was good in this match? Can you tell me what was good in this match? Um, I mean, Randy Orton... <laughs> Crashing through the table from the cage is classic. Well, it was Drew McIntyre who crashed through the table. Though. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Drew, yeah, Randy Orton having Drew McIntyre crash through the table is classic. Um, I do say this was the weakest of the Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, they, hey, I will say this, Pasty. I think this was the best match between these two guys so far. How's that? Yeah, but think of all the legends they incorporated in the ambulance match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking 
fucking awesome. That's epic, pasty. You just you just won the internet this week with that. <laughs> you didn't even skip a beat. You just went right into that. Oh, I, hard, hard to fucking argue that one. Uh, the the only positive I have to say about this is that McIntyre is awesome chasing the titles, so this might not be so bad having him working at retaining his prize, you know. Uh, other than that... Um, McIntyre needs to develop himself more in WWE. I know you got this hard-on from him from when he was in Impact, but it ain't the same guy, and, and I feel like Drew McIntyre... Looks like Roman Reigns, except he's more hairy and has about a quarter of the charisma. And I think I'm being uh, yeah. But generous. when you when you stuck somebody with fucking Orton for all these matches, what are you supposed to do? He's he's literally got the nickname <laughs> Blandy Orton. <laughs> That's you know, true. I, I think if you would have put um, Drew McIntyre versus Jey Uso, would it have been as it's good? It's so sad Obviously that, that Randy Orton, Blandy Orton, is going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> And he is. I mean, it's not even that it's sad he will. He is. Am I yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but he's 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 ridden the center path his entire career. Which I guess he isn't the only one to do that. But yeah, he's he's just stayed in the middle his entire career. He's mm. never been amazing. But he's never been horribly awful. I mean, we got sick of him. But even then, he wasn't awful. We were just sick of him. We were yeah. mostly sick of him and John Cena. <laughs> well, now I'm sick of him and Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. Drew needs more. I don't know he what that more is. More. I don't know what that more is, but that he's a very flat, bland character, and I feel like he pleases Vince McMahon's Roman Reigns receptors, but Vince doesn't know what to do with him because he's got Roman Reigns to play with too. I, I agree. I, I don't argue that at all, but he is an amazing talent and he does deserve so much more. Um, best match of the night, pasty. Uh, I'm going the women's hell in a cell. Good pick. Very good pick. I am going the I quit match, uh, but, but it's super close. Super, yeah. super close. Yeah. They were on the same level and the other one was about four and the, the Randy Orton drew McIntyre was about four or five rungs down. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm going to give this one a total of a C plus, um, hell in a cell pay-per-views traditionally don't do well because how do you do amazing, you know, 17 hell in a cells? You don't <laughs> No, you don't. Um, I'm giving this one a D plus just based on the, the grounds of all the filler to this pay-per-view wasn't even acceptable filler. It was all bullshit and WWE didn't, didn't give anything eight minutes. You know what I mean? If it wasn't right. in a cell, it wasn't worth 10 minutes of your time. So it's not even fucking worth the time we spent talking on it tonight. Um, my, my issues with the Roman Reigns, Jay Uso match, um, especially cause when it started off the pay-per-view, I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be really fucking good. And then it, it didn't set the pace the way I wanted it to. I will say when I when I seen you were grading at a D plus, I was kind of taken aback. I started with a C minus, but then I as I was thinking about everything over again, I backed it off. Well, listen, listening to your expl explanation, I I think I'm gonna keep my grade as a C plus. I might change that, but 
I think I'm going to go with our, our the beef sticks grade. I think I'm going to go with a D plus. I think you made a really good argument for why it's not better than a D plus. Well, thank you. No, thank I just, you. I've been burnt by so many Hell in a Cells, I'm not going to give this one credit because it was okay. You know what I well, mean? I, it was know, okay. Think, <laughs> oh, actually, no. Okay, that's a different story. I, I'll stop. I was going to tell the Elimination Chamber DVD story that yeah, I told. Yeah, oh, we, we that, talked about that one, I think, even two weeks ago. Probably. Week. <laughs> I, I was going to say it was the Hell in a Cell, but then I was like, wait a second. No, that was Elimination Chamber. Yeah. But it, it's becoming the same thing, isn't it? It's just so, so repetitive. It's been, it's been that. It's, it's yeah. Been that. And it's now like it tells because they have to have three matches and they all tell their individual <laughs> stories, but it's like. It takes away. At least, you know what? At least throw a tag team one in there. To, to, yeah. To, didn't they do that last year? I, I want to say. I don't know about last year, but like I said, Usos New Day, like two or three years ago in Hell in a Cell, was one of the, the best I've seen in my life, probably, that didn't yeah, involve at least, Mick Foley. <laughs> it at least shakes it up. Yeah. Um, but, Pasty, we are shaking up the Savage Sentinel because uh, Macho Man is moving on, brother. That's right. It's time for the Spooky Scary Sentinel. I don't know the rest of the song, so I can't really lampoon it. Honestly, I think that's all I know of it. I just know it from the kids. But, you know, but- when I say the word lampoon, I think about things that stab you like a spear. And when I think about things that stab you like a spear, I think about Joey Ryan's penis. As Joey Ryan has filed another lawsuit on October the 30th against former Ring of Honor wrestler Pele Primao before the United States District Court, Central District of California. This lawsuit marks the seventh known lawsuit that Ryan has filed in recent weeks, and we haven't even covered all of them, if that's the case. (laughs) We haven't covered them all. (laughs) With this current lawsuit, Ryan is seeking millions of dollars in damages from... Can you say it so I know I'm saying it right? Uh, Premu. Premu. That's what I thought. That's what you said. He is also asking for a permanent injunction restraining Premu from making and publishing defamatory statements or any iteration of defamatory statements. <laughs> <laughs> the lawsuit alleges that Premu since June 2020 has made 26 statements that fall under libel. Present Ryan in a in they present Ryan in a false light. Intentionally interfere with Ryan's finances, negligently interfered with Ryan's finances, and intentionally inflicted emotional distress, among other allegations. God, Ryan, I hope you never find out about Twitter. You know what? The saddest part is... I think we're going to get sued for making this podcast. (laughs) Probably. That is the saddest part. Jesus Christ. We know who Uh, Joey Ryan's voting for. I used to be the biggest Joey Ryan fan, and it, it comes back to CM Punk. I used to be a huge CM Punk fan, and then it was like, even when shit happened, whether he was wrong or not, mm. the way he handled it gave me a bad taste in my mouth. And same with Joey Ryan right now. It's like, it's the way he's handling things that's just like seven fucking lawsuits against these people. <clears throat> What does he hope to fucking accomplish? Like this just seems wrong. He's me. having a, a epic meltdown. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be a name anybody knows in three years. 
And that's sad because he's such an amazing fucking talent, but I, I think you're right. You know, we can we can go out and say CM Punk is a shitty person, but I think Joey Ryan has eclipsed CM Punk a few times by now, and that's just in one year. Well, I don't know about that just because of how CM Punk has treated his close personal friends. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, but how has Joey I Ryan would... treated women? How has CM Punk treated women? Probably well. Probably. uh forbes pacey has published an article saying that mlw major league wrestling has re-signed with bn sports and will continue to air their flagship show of course mlw fusion on the network the two have worked together since march of 2018 and fusion has quickly emerged as one of bn sports hottest programs on the network MLW CEO and co-founder Court Bauer spoke on the extension, saying both him and the league are thrilled to continue working with the network. It was also revealed, though, and this is huge, that the date for the MLW restart is Wednesday, November 18th, so not long from now. I am super excited to get some more MLW Fusion or, or whatever it may end up being. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been uh, too long, I think, since we got to see MLW. some good MLW. Miss uh, in related news, MLW has entered into another strategic partnership with an international promotion. This latest alliance is with IWA Puerto Rico. According to a press release sent out on Tuesday, the deal will see IWA Puerto Rico wrestlers competing in MLW as well as MLW fighters being showcased on IWA shows. Looking forward to that. Man, they they continue to expand. They have kind of tried to reach everything that, this may sound bad, but everything that isn't a major market, they've kind of reached into, which... You know, I, I think it's indie wrestling indie wrestling's a lot like mycelium. It's all connected. Right. I I agree, and I, I think that's awesome for them. And I think the more that they expand into all of these uh indie wrestling shows, the more uh fusion's gonna expand and the more MLW will expand, and that's awesome. Uh, somebody who else is expanding his uh, winning streak, Jake Hager, had another MMA fight tonight for Bellator. Hager looked to remain undefeated as he faced Brandon Colton on Bellator 250. Hager was uh, able to defeat Colton, who is a former Pittsburgh Steeler, in a split decision. Hager now moves to three wins, zero losses, and only one tie, I guess is what they're considering it. The fight went to the That was a disqualification. It it was a DQ. Um, We're going to talk about that. Uh, After three brutal and bloody rounds, this time Hager was able to avoid... Kneeing anyone in the crotch. Of course, his last fight, which is the one that we talked about, was stopped after Hager hit a second knee shot to the groin in that match. Those shots were unintentional, but still considered illegal, and the match had to be called. Yes. Man, his face looked rough, didn't it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. He won, but God, he got funked the I'm funk I'm glad up. he won. It, that's that's good for AEW. 
Well, and it's good for Jake Hager. He's he's got a great record for starting out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, hell yeah. 3-0-1 is awesome. Now, when do we get him versus Brock Lesnar? Oh, poor guy. He'd never (laughs) last. Uh, WWE is currently in a legal dispute with NFL player Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs. And his Stone Cold Jones LLC company. This dispute is over the, of course, Stone Cold Jones Soda line that Jones has released with KC Soda Company. I love that shit. Yeah. So it's Jones Soda and Stone Cold Jones because of his name. And I, I can see why WWE is mad. Because you just take his name out of it, and it's 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 WWE licensing <laughs> Jones Soda brand. Oh, this, this is one I I understand why they're fighting it. They might not win it, but I do understand why they're fighting it. And they're probably right to to at least bring it up for sure. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is, Pasty? Uh, well, WWE believes the name infringes on two trademarks they own, Stone Cold and Stone Cold Steve Austin, which are related to WWE Hall of Famer Steve Austin. What? Stone Cold LLC responded to WWE's complaint and indicated that the name is widely recognized by Jones in conjunction with the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs. Jones' company believes there is no confusion over the names, and that they should be able to use the Stone Cold name for the line of sodas. Can I say, oddly, I agree with both sides? Yeah, I mean, Stone Cold <laughs> itself is a phrase that's been around a lot longer than Steve Austin. For sure. And it's not in a wrestling world. And it does say specifically Stone Cold Jones Soda. Right. So it's not I, Stone I agree Cold with, Steve Jones. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with both. I think they both have a legitimate argument. I think they're both smart for pursuing this legally, and I guess you just got to leave it up to the courts, and I have a feeling the courts are going to err in the side of uh, Stone Cold Jones, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where I sit here. I guess I'm okay with whatever way this lawsuit goes. <laughs> Well, someone, Pasty, who isn't happy with the way that WWE is trying to enforce their own rules yeah, is uh, Soraya Knight, better known as Paige. Because with WWE's recent policy of assuming ownership of wrestlers' Twitch accounts, uh, she kind of had plenty to say about the matter during an expletive-filled streaming session just yesterday, as we're recording this, that would, of course, be Thursday, October 29th. I've honestly gotten to the point where I cannot deal with this company anymore, Paige said. I have to make a very important decision. I'm fucking tired, man. I broke my fucking neck twice. Twice for this company. Over fucking worked. I broke my fucking neck twice for this company. They don't realize that this community isn't just about fucking subs. I understand if they're like, you're wrestling every day and doing shows every day, but I'm an injured wrestler. I get used for media stuff sometimes, 
But at the end of the day, I'm in my house going fucking crazy, and I need something to keep me sane. I had my neck taken away from me twice. You can't take away my Twitch, too. I'm going to keep streaming. We'll see how that goes. She's just fucking laying it out there for them. Well, I mean, WWE owns her. They're not going to let her go, and she can't do anything. I understand why she's pissed. I'd say out of all people, Paige should be allowed to have her own fucking Twitch account and do what she wants and get the money from it. Uh, Yeah, obviously she she didn't have a mainstream wrestling career before WWE, but she had a wrestling career before WWE, and yeah, it's like, I guess... Keep doing your Twitter thing and let the courts decide. Is WWE going to take it or are you? And I can almost guarantee you the courts are going to side with Paige. Yeah, I think so. If she takes it to that. Yeah. Yeah, so keep it up. I mean, what's the worst thing they're going to do? Fire you? Then you can stream all you want. Go for it. Oh, yeah. And Paige will do just... First of all, her family owns a wrestling company, so she's fine. Yeah. She's got a huge name, so again, even in wrestling, she's fine. She doesn't have to wrestle. Well, didn't didn't her family close down their wrestling company after the speaking they, out movement this year? Yeah, they're closed down, but I mean, she, she has work. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's never gonna not have work. Oh yeah, no impact. I think is the perfect place for. Her. Oh, I mean, she could just be a commentator. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got Madison Rain on Impact right now doing commentary, which I think she's oh, she's okay at. It's Madison not amazing, <laughs> but I know, I know, I know. But I think Paige would be awesome, sure. Or for MLW with their reboot. Yeah. Well, we know Paige's neck injuries come and go. And we know your rights as a WWE performer come and go. Yeah. So I guess that means it's time for us to move on into this week's edition of Comings and Goings. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Kylie Ray no-showed Bound for Glory. And as of this recording, no one seems to know why. It's a mystery. What we can report is Fightful Select is saying that there is said to be no bad blood from Impact and the promotion remains hopeful Ray will make a return. I think AEW did the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I don't completely believe that statement. No bad blood. <laughs> you know, showed our biggest pay-per-view And of you the didn't year. say anything about it at all? Uh, yeah. It was noted that the promotion is leaving storyline openings for Ray to re-enter, but isn't pressuring her into doing so. The report adds that none of the talent Fightful had spoken to had heard from Ray as of Tuesday morning. I, I, at this point, I gotta say this woman's probably too unstable to sign into any contract with a wrestling company because this 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 is a real big repeat of something that happened less than a year ago with AEW. Is, is she like the female Shawn Michaels of 2020? I don't think like, I would call her that ever. No. Just, well, I mean, like like the way she's. I guess behavior-wise, maybe not in-ring, but behavior-wise. like More like the you know, female Lars Sean Sullivan. Michaels. Well, We're going to give you the big push. Oh, I, I can't do it. <laughs> Shawn Michaels did that during the 90s. He, he left at least 
four or five times during the 90s for no fucking reason. Actually, the only reason was because he was supposed to lose the belt. He just decided he'd rather leave than to actually drop it. So, hmm. I mean, it's like... that. That's what I'm talking about. Just the whole... Let's just fucking not show... Just not being reliable. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, ever since the beginning, I look at I look at Kylie Ray, and, and all I see is like a, a right wing religious cult member, <laughs> and so she's probably being called to action as we speak. <laughs> I mean, she's a to, great talent. You know what I mean? Her contracts with the Church of Scientology are more binding than her contracts yeah. with Impact Wrestling. <laughs> it's sad, pasty, but um, you know what? Um. Let's talk more about some positive stuff. We talked about MLW earlier. Pasty, MLW returned to taping shows this past week, putting a total of 16 weeks of TV content in the can at the Guilt Nightclub in Orlando from this past Sunday to Tuesday. There should be an H in that name. That would be way better. Guilt? Yeah, no, G-H-I-L-T. Oh, Guilt. <laughs> no. Well, Is the that H's grandma, I'd psych- like to thumb. <laughs> grandma, I'd like to. That'd be G L I T T. The fuck are you trying to say? Well, T H. The H could be lowercase, like a, you know, like you. Grandma, I'd like to thumb works perfectly with guilt, and you just literally <laughs> added an H to make it worse. Well, I said G H I L T. Guilt. Which made even less fucking sense because grandma does not have an H in it in the whole fucking word. <laughs> the fuck is going on here, baby? I don't know. I think this train's route derailed four times now. I don't know how we're going to steer it back, Fat Mac. <laughs> well, let's talk about what's interesting in MLW, and that's that. Taping saw not one, but at least three former WWE stars taking part in the shows, including names such as Leo Rush, Sean Devari, and ACH. Probably known as the the big blackface smile on WWE t-shirts. Smiley Miles. Out of these three, Devari reportedly worked both as talent and producer. Though it's not a big surprise as he'd been working as a producer for WWE since January 2019 before getting released during the pandemic. Leo Rush, as we kind of hinted to a moment ago, also released from the company during the budget cuts this past April, had been in the promotion since 2017 and only worked a handful of matches since his release. ACH, on the other hand, was released after a bit of controversy pasty. He originally signed with the company back in February 2019 and debuted with the ring name Jordan Miles. He was released from the promotion in November last year after accusing WWE of racism over a t-shirt design, which was racist as fuck. Yeah. 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 Ah. Nah. Well, a popular star in the world of British professional wrestling has joined NXT UK, as was announced during tonight's episode of the show. During Thursday's NXT UK, a vignette aired promoting Rampage Brown was coming to the brand soon. Rampage is a former champion in Defiant Progress, World of Sport, and a number of other promotions in Britain and Europe. 
great addition to a show that I still won't watch. Agree. Sad but true. Talking about NXT UK, a show I don't watch, is a uh, wrestler that I enjoy watching, but I'm not going to start watching NXT UK to watch. Mako Satamora will be joining the NXT UK brand, according to a new article released by Tokyo Sports. The veteran wrestler will be taking on a player-slash-coach type role. She will be winding her time down with the Sendai Girls Pro Wrestling promotion in Japan as a result, although she will continue to work matches. She will be traveling to England next month to begin work with the UK brand. The promotion currently tapes their television episodes from the BT Sports Studio in London, home of BT Sports. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. And WWE has taken to its corporate website to announce changes in management, specifically a new vice president and general manager of Asia Pacific, Carlo Nohra, which is the least funny name in WWE management. And oh, I'm very disappointed. Best, usually. <laughs> Previously, Nohra served as WWE vice president, general manager. Mina, Middle Eastern Nations, where he was successfully oversaw the consolidation of the company's media rights agreements, launched WWE as a re- Arabic language programming efforts, and expanded his live events strategy in the region. In his new role, Nora will lead WWE's strategic business initiatives and day-to-day operations in the APAC region and work with partners all across WWE's lines of business, including television, live events, Marketing, sponsorship, digital licensing, and merchandising. He will continue reporting directly to James Rosenstock, WWE Executive Vice President International. I can't wait till James Rosenstock has to... They are using the international title, Fat Mac. (laughs) James Rosenstock has the international title. Pit him in a hell in a cell against well, he, Sean Gavari. He's got the secondary international title, right? Because who would be the executive president international? But I don't know. It's it's unknown. It's probably Vince. It was me all along. It's the final boss. You have to unlock him. <laughs> It'll be revealed in that documentary coming soon to Netflix. Yeah, that documentary pasty. It's uh, it's really going to talk about a lot of the uh, the bumps, the bruises, the injuries that Vince McMahon has suffered over the years. A lot of like them. being exploded. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries to report in that biopic, but I think our due diligence is to talk about the injuries to report. This week, which brings us to the injury report this week. Yeah. And report pasty... those injuries. Yes, because Wednesday's taped episode of Dynamite included Conti versus Abaddon. But the match was pulled from airing due to Abaddon suffering a serious injury that caused her to be hospitalized. Abaddon, 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 that's all, folks. Wrestling Observer Radio reports Abaddon took an elbow to the throat and she wasn't even able to breathe. 
match was stopped immediately, and she was sent to the hospital for further evaluation. Abaddon is expected to make full recovery, while Matt Hardy asked, how the fuck did her match get stopped immediately? <laughs> Great no-sell, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the Rock posted a video on Monday after Ken Shamrock whipped his ass for fucking up his induction speech. Oh, snow! <laughs> no. The Rock uh, busted his head on in a gym accident while tossing around 50-pound chains for fun in a drop set. He got lumped up and needed stitches. Oh, he's taking that Hercules role a little too far. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he's competing with John Cena, to be honest. I mean, now that Cena's in Hollywood, Rock's Rock's got a lot to be worried about. Does Cena throw chains around? No, but he sure the fuck threw Eric Andre. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you one thing, Pasty. That's a great segue. Because actor Eric Andre suffered a concussion at the hands of John Cena on Sunday, October 25th and had to go to the hospital after a stunt went wrong on Jimmy Kimmel Live this week. He actually talked about no, the, the stunt went wrong on, on the Eric Andre show, but he talked about it on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, Andre appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live to talk about the stunt that went wrong on the Eric Andre show that aired this week. I think it's recorded but hasn't aired yet. But they showed Maybe it on it Kimmel. Aired at all. <laughs> Bottom line is John Cena did a stunt right before they prepared for the stunt. What? John Cena did the stunt right before we prepared for the stunt wrong. Now, I he think he still has stunts. a concussion. I think he does. No, this John quote, Cena folks. did the stunt right, but we prepped but for, we the stunt wrong. for the stunt wrong. Yes. Thank you, Pasty. Yes. Fat Mac has got a concussion and is prepared. <laughs> got to stop throwing around them chains, man, I tell you. So the metal shelf came over and clocked Eric Andre on the head, and he got concussed, went to the hospital immediately, and he said, quote, I had like a Fred Flintstone-like Bugs Bunny bump. That is a hell of a description. <laughs> A Fred it's Flintstone also very like vague because bump. those bumps vary greatly in size. Well, I feel like I feel like he had a bump on Bugs Bunny's head that looked like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> it was a Fred Flintstone like Bugs Bunny bump. Like that's that's weird. Well, nobody takes a bump like Wile E. Coyote. Well, bottom line is Eric Andre and John Cena uh, worked together, and Jimmy Kimmel promoted it. Hey, for story. once, the, the guest on Eric Andre's show got to punk the host, right? That, that's cool. Did, well, did anybody know that Eric Andre still had new episodes? He actually... <laughs> like, I don't think anybody watched I saw this on Jimmy anymore. Kimmel. He, he, I guess he took off the last seven years for other shit. But he's oh, back sure. now. Well, he, quote, took off. Wasn't canceled. <laughs> took off. Uh, Adult Swim can't afford to cancel any other shows. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Every, every time they cancel a show, something new and stupid pops up. Oh, Once every 100,000 years, you get something like Rick and Morty. Uh, yes. COVID! 
COVID. There was reportedly another COVID-19 outbreak recently at the WWE Performance Center. That's two after the task force has been activated. fuck does this keep happening? Somebody shut them fuckers down. According to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, the outbreak started after one of the coaches was diagnosed with the virus on Friday. As a result, everyone that had trained in the gym on Friday were told to quarantine for two weeks, regardless of whether they tested positive or negative. The only name that I know that was booked for the show that wasn't there was Indy Hartwell, who was supposed to do a run-in. The person in the scream mask that helped Candice LeRae at, at NXT um, not take over Halloween, Halloween Havoc <laughs> was supposed to be Indy Hartwell and may end up still being Indy Hartwell in the end because she was never unmasked. The idea was for her to unmask as Indy Hartwell, whoever that is, but she sure wasn't there. And it was somebody else under that thing. It was CM Punk. Okay, so am I the only one pissed off that he calls it a scream mask instead of a ghost face mask? Right, yeah, yeah. Come on, Dave, get your fucking shit together. (laughs) That is a ghost face killer. Not to be confused with Ghostface Killer. Who's far better? Wu-Tang. Way he, better. Ghostface Killer would destroy Ghostface. I mean, to be fair, there's only one Ghostface Killer, and there's like, what, seven Ghostfaced Killers? <laughs> At least. At There'll least. be a lot more out and about tomorrow night. So, Pacey, uh, we're coming to the end here, and you and I are going to tag team this because I know that you and I both I have a strong connection to this pro wrestling legend. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start it off. We've talked about this for um, multiple weeks. We keep having updates, and I guess I just assumed that this legend would kick out and beat what isn't COVID but cancer. Um, Pro wrestling legend Tracy Smothers passed away, folks. At the age of fifty-eight, just a, just a fucking child almost. Smothers passed away Wednesday morning around four twenty-four a.m. Not fucking around. If you're gonna, if you're gonna say four twenty-four, it's not around. Yeah, it's yeah. Exactly. I was just gonna call you out on that too. I'm like, yeah. maybe it's not the right place to say this, but if you give a specific <laughs> number like four twenty-four. I mean, it was 4.24 in 27 seconds. It wasn't quite 4.24.00. But, um, yeah, we laughed. But, but honestly, he passed away due to his fight of cancer. We've talked about this for weeks, multiple times. We even uh, uh, spread his GoFundMe to try to... Which, which by we the way... spread uh, his I, GoFundMe I, like cancer, Fat Mac. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> That's the funny shit I've heard today. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I'm not supposed to laugh at shit like this. That's fucking great. That might be the best thing ever. Oh my god. So hopefully you all donated. <laughs> or it was all for nothing. <laughs> I gotta compose myself. This is great. I love it. Um, I'm going to skip whatever the fuck I was saying. I don't know what I'm saying. That was the last one. Tracy announced in November 2019 
Ooh, there is battling. <laughs> sorry, Basty, I'm sorry. This is broke broke. The show. You're the fucker that said it, you got to... It's always got to be when somebody dies, too. <laughs> don't take me to a funeral. Don't, don't do it. Okay, hold on. I got this. I'm going to wipe the tears from my eyes. Oh, remember when we used to fucking record this shit? We'd edit that out, but fuck. <laughs> Everybody's knowing that we're both horrible human beings right now. The worst. I'm going to start from the beginning and hope it works. Pasty pro wrestling legend Tracy Smothers has passed away at the age of 58. Smothers passed away Wednesday morning around 4.24 a.m. due to his fight against cancer. Tracy announced back in November 2019, and we reported this, that he was battling lymphoma and was facing a second battle with the cancer. We've recently reported he had suffered some heart damage from his first round due to the heavy chemotherapy, and Smothers just underwent surgery for a hernia 11 days ago, as we posted last week. Funeral arrangements and a, quote, celebration of life. <laughs> I don't know laugh. <laughs> Fuck you, pasty. Fuck you. <laughs> we'll be announced in the near future for Smothers family, friends, and fans. And I apologize to all Don't of smother Smothers your family, family and friends. friends and fans <laughs> for um, we're doing this out of love because, in all honesty, he uh, would have laughed. <laughs> I I love Tracy Smothers, pa- pasty. Uh, go ahead. Ah, Smothers, who legit wrestled Bears, competed in essentially every major professional wrestling company during his long and successful career, with his first big break coming in Florida Championship Wrestling, where he teamed with Steve Armstrong. The duo made their way to WCW in the early 1990s as the Southern Boys, then the Young Pistols. In WCW, Smothers and Armstrong feuded with Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Garvin of the fabulous Freebirds, and they held the WCW United States Tag Team Championships. Smothers made the move to Jim Cornette's Smoky Mountain Wrestling in 19-tickety-2, and he performed as one of the promotion's top stars until 1995, winning the SMW Heavyweight Championship twice. The Springfield, Tennessee native joined WWF in 1996 and wrestled under the name Freddie Joe Floyd until 1998. While Smothers was essentially an enhancement talent in the World Wrestling Federation, he faced some of the biggest stars in the history of the business during his stint, including Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. Yes, pasty, during and after his time in WWF, Smothers also worked for ECW, where he was part of the Full-Blooded Italian Stable. And you may wonder, why was Southern Tracy Smothers part of the FBI? Well, he was billed from Nashville, Italy. Nashville, Italy. (laughs) Italy, folks. (laughs) 
Smothers held the ECW Tag Team Championships once with Little Guido. Even after his ECW tenure ended in 2000, though Smothers remained deeply rooted in the wrestling business. He was a constant presence on the independent scene. He had a brief run in TNA and was part of some ECW reunion shows back in 2005. FBI, the stable that was made strictly to sell Stacker (laughs) 2. Smothers continued to wrestle well into his 50s and had a match as recently as September 2019 when he faced current AEW star Marco Stunt in GCW. While Smothers... He didn't. While Smothers was never a top star in any of the biggest wrestling companies, he was actually a headliner in the Southern Territories and his influence was felt throughout the wrestling world. And, you know, I was thinking about this today, Pasty. For somebody who's never been, like, really a main guy, I think we've talked about Southern Tracy Smothers a decent amount on our podcast. Because I remember just... I I remember bringing him up, and every time I remember thinking that our fans probably don't know about him. And I think is why I remember we've brought him up. Yeah. Yeah, he gets gets brought up a lot. I I grew up in the area of FBI. I loved the full-blooded Italians. Right. Oh, Guido was my favorite. No offense, Tracy Smothers, but come on. Uh, didn't Vito get in there eventually, too? Big Vito. Yeah, he's my favorite. There was Vito, Guido, and... Speedo. Southern Tracy Smothers. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, Pasty, I, I want to put Nothing this Nothing says full-blooded Italian like coming from the south. I <laughs> South of Italy. It was Nashville, Italy. <laughs> he was from the south of Italy. <laughs> uh, I do want to say, though, for those of you who may not know Tracy Smothers uh, and anybody who loves tag team wrestling, Tracy Smothers... Steve Armstrong as the uh, as the Wild Southern Boys at the Great American Bash 1990. Oh my gosh, one of the best tag team matches ever. Maybe one of the best pay-per-view matches ever. I've watched this three times now since he passed just because... I, I love I love tag team wrestling and it's just it's awesome. Tracy Smothers, just just go to Great American Bash 1990 and look for the Southern Boys. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Mm, awesome. Well, I'll tell you, this show has been pretty fucking awesome for a Halloween special. I've been pretty scared myself when I thought you were going to laugh yourself to death there. Uh, Fortunately, you started it over again, so any fans who were offended by my joke can download the episode and edit it out themselves so they never have to listen to it again. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Because I'm leaving it in. Oh, it's good. It was fucking, it was horrible. It was god-awful, just to be honest. I loved it. I loved every second of it, and I couldn't stop laughing, but it was god-awful and horrible. 
Uh, well, I Pasty. mean, god awful and horrible. That's that's this year in a nutshell. God damn it! If um, if Halloween had a year, it'd be twenty. No, it wouldn't be twenty twenty. I love Halloween. Yeah. Twenty twenty is more like um, I don't know what Veterans Day. <laughs> I guess yeah. Arbor Day. Arbor Day. Arbor Day. <laughs> It's not Groundhog's Day because both International Bill Murray... Bosses Day. Oh, International <laughs> Bosses Day. I literally said today at work, I literally said, if I could take all of, and let's insert bosses money here, money and throw it in a toilet and flush it, I would. <laughs> I just want to take. Just take all of their money and just fucking flush it in the toilet. Yeah. I'd do it. I'd do uh, it in a second. Well, if you're listening to this live or on the night we release, make sure you have a fun and safe Halloween. And uh, for those of you listening right here in the great United States of America, make sure you fucking get out there and vote if you haven't done so already. And don't try to send your ballots in at this point. <sighs> Vote, 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 vote. I don't give a fuck if you vote for Biden or Trump, but fucking vote. Please vote. <laughs> do what you need to do and vote. Voting is important. Fucking vote, 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 fucking vote. And, Pasty, next week we got predictions for AEW Full Gear and New Japan Pro, Res- Pro Wrestling Power Struggle, which should be maybe... Two of the best pay-per-views of the year. I am really looking forward to how AEW Full Gear is shaping up. I don't know a whole lot about Power Struggle, but if it's a New Japan show, it's always worth watching. Oh, that goes without saying. And let's just say AEW World Championship I Quit match between John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. You and I have both talked about. I'm like, so we like, glad Roman Reigns and Jay Uso left plenty of room open for this to be better than that. <laughs> They, actually, they did. That was a, I gave it an A plus, and John Moxley and Eddie Kingston have to really do something horrible for me to not give that an A plus. I think. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Anyways, folks, that's what you have to look forward to. It's great. Go out and vote. It's coming up. It's amazing. The world sucks, but it can be better with your vote. From us to you here at B Sticks Podcast. Happy holidays! Oh, 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 oh. Now snap out of it.